This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. This is the Paddock Podcast. I'm joined by Jay Marty, who's doing some investigative journalism <laughs> as we speak. Uh, we're going to be looking at the circus around Man United at the minute. All this conflicting reports, Ollie's going, Ollie's staying, they want Rodgers, they want Zidane, they want whoever. Um, we're going to be looking at that. Is there an attempt to sort of, I don't know, I feel like at the minute we're struggling uh, as a fan base to get along with each other. And I don't think the way that the uh, article's been written, the way the media is portraying the current situation at Manchester United is helping um, any of that fraction that seems to be taking place at the moment. We'll be looking at this situation around Harry Maguire. Ollie was quoted uh, or given a quote from Harry Maguire that he um, supposedly said he that the players lacked belief or didn't have belief in the game. Jay's been... Right on it <laughs> with that. That's what he's doing at the minute. Yeah, to the I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm, been, go on, I'll let you finish and then I'll, receiving I'll a bit of stick get into over all that. that. Um, we'll come to that in just a minute. We'll also be looking a little bit at this absolute, well, I would say awful trend of players apologising for games after matches on social media and just maybe the slightly sinister side of what exactly takes place um, on those social media profiles and the planning and the scheduling and the structure and the algorithms that go into what seems like a genuine, heartfelt um, social media post by a footballer. Let's start then with this circus around Manchester United um, because you sort of covered it a little bit this morning, but every single day we wake up, Ollie's looking less and less likely to be United manager long term. It seems a, you know, a, a sort of a certainty at this point that he's not going to be there next season. And then you have every single different outlet in the country reporting different things. He's safe for now. Ollie, Ollie's uh, job on the line. Ollie believes he's safe. Ollie thinks yeah, he's going to yeah, imagine the Watford game. This that manager says we want we want Rogers. This one says we want Ten Hag. This one says we want Zidane. It's all just an absolute shit show at the minute, isn't it? And everyone's saying basically whatever they want to get as many clicks as they want, regardless of the truth. It's just draining at the moment as a Man United fan. Yeah, I had the news this morning. The news could have been anything this morning. I could have literally have had the headline, Ollie's safe, Ollie's going, yeah. Ollie's, you know, he's, he's been replaced, Ollie's not been replaced, Ollie's got to end the season, Ollie's going this week. Yeah. Because there were stories saying all of the things I've just mentioned. Literally, there were stories that started off saying one thing and then ended up saying another. Um, I mean, it was, it was just a bit of a, 
it's a bit of a mess at the minute. And the, the short and long of it is no one seems to quite know what's going on, including, from what I gather, and this is only my opinion, so don't, you know, I'm not being ITK, including the club. Mm. I don't think the club know what they're doing at the minute. I think there's sort of this contradictory attitude that some of the board are sort of backing all it, others have had enough. Some some people are saying we're waiting for Joel Glazer to decide what he wants to do. Mm. Um, and that, you know, that in itself is a bit of a farce because he's clueless. He doesn't know anything about football. And, and also we're waiting on, they're waiting on the whims of Joel Glazer to decide who's going to be managing Manchester United Football Club. And then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Obviously, at the minute, he's the Manchester United manager. He's going to be preparing for the next game, which is Watford. Mm. He's not going to just be sat here going, mm, I'll just put my feet up until I know otherwise. So he's preparing for that. Mm. The club aren't clear on what's going on. We're hearing rumours that, you know, maybe there's, there's, there's Brendan Rodgers or someone's been approached. How true they are, no one's clear on. Mm. So it just seems like a complete mess. And it saddens me that Manchester United, you know, the club that we all love, one of the biggest clubs in the world, if not the biggest is in a position where we've got a, a manager who's on this contract and we don't know whether he's even going to see out the week. Mm. It's not this, this isn't an interim manager, but no. all these permanent manager. And yet we, we genuinely don't know. Do we know if he's going to be in charge of the Watford game? He says he's, oh, the, the article I saw from Jamie Jackson, I think it was in The Guardian, says, you know, as far as he's concerned. Yeah. What, what does, does that, that mean? mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, is that, but that's, that's, again, what's he going to say? What is his team going to say? We expect to be sacked. And thus, we've done fuck all for the Watford game. Yeah. We've not turned up for training because I don't think I'll be here anyway. And like, that's a good point because, sorry to interrupt you, but no. what does that mean to the players? Yeah. If you're, I mean, players, as far as I know, can read. Yeah. So they're going to be picking up the papers or going online and seeing like, all these conflicting stories about the yeah. manager probably going turbo in the WhatsApp groups going, do you reckon he's done? Do you reckon he's staying? What do you reckon the crack is? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Brendan Rodgers, what do you think? Do I start, do we need to start following Brendan Rodgers on socials and be yeah. nice to him? People, yeah, because people act or they pretend that they think that footballers aren't real people. Yeah. I think because they earn so much money, because as we'll get to later on, this whole, you know, social media campaigns and teams that they have for working for them, um, people forget that they're checking Twitter, they've got burner accounts, they're doing it on their proper accounts, they know that who's being rumoured with the job, they know, they're not sat there thinking, we're doing great this season, all is safe. No. And it just, like I said, the, the amount of conflicting reports is just embarrassing at the minute. And it's all people who claim to know something and claim to have insider sources, and you're thinking, well, how inside can these sources be when no one can agree on what's going on? No, no one can agree what's going on. And it seems like, depending on who you read, it's Rogers or it's Ten Hag, or it's whoever else. Ragnick's one. Is he going to come to the end of the season? Do we want him? Is he going to be interim? Is he going to be short-term? Like, is it just fans coming up with this? The amount of conjecture and conflicting reports at the minute is just ridiculous. And people say, people say there uh, in the comments about how, you know, how divided everyone seems to be. No one can agree on what the, what the truth is, let alone what your opinion is. No. So it's ridiculous. We're not just like we're all working off the same it's, basis it's, of here's what's happening, make your opinion on it. We're being told half a dozen different things and then having to agree on what the truth is before we even put our opinions on it. It's impossible. There's always been this theory at Manchester United since, even before Fergie retired, that there's, all, there's like a, a sort of civil war going on at United with certain board members and some, you know, Ed Woodward and others. And like, you had the, 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 the section that wanted David Moyes' manager mm. and the section that didn't. So when it all went wrong, they were quite happy to get rid of him. Then you had the section that wanted Jose Mourinho and another section that were never into him because they didn't think he had the right attitude to be a, a United manager. Van Gaal was, I think, more of a neutral one where everyone was like, okay with it. It makes sense. Yeah, like, but with Mourinho, it was, again, divisive. Then you had this sort of section that were very keen on Ole 
like the old school United lot mm. and the new lot who were a bit like really. Yeah. And now it's like we're hearing that apparently Ed Woodward doesn't want to get rid of him because Ed Woodward's due to leave. He doesn't want to be his, his last thing he does, getting rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. There's also these stories, and again, I don't know how true they are, that a lot of people in the board like the fact that Ollie's quite open and he chats to them mm. and he discusses things with them. Where if you get in someone like Conte, for example, mm. he won't do that. He won't explain himself. He won't just be like, you know, oh yeah, here's why we did this and here's what's going on here. He'll be like, I want these signings. I, these are my tactics. Bore off. It's nothing to do with you. Mm. So I don't. And again, this is you know purely speculation or what we're seeing in the reports. I don't know. I'm not privy to the machinations of the Manchester United boardroom by any stretch of the imagination. But it is just a mess. Mm. And you're going into this international break, not knowing at the end of it who's going to be Manchester United manager, mm. not knowing whether we're going to have a caretaker, whether it's going to be Ole, whether we're going to make a permanent yeah. assign. And there's not even a standout candidate. And I'll just end on this bit before we go back to you. Um, when it was Van Gaal and Jose was coming in, around Christmas time, we knew that was going to happen. Mm. We knew Mourinho's available, enough people want him, he makes a load of sense. We had the awful run under Van Gaal where we lost at Stoke, we lost at Bournemouth, we lost at Umpton Norwich, I think, and, and, and other results as well. I forget some of them, I put them out of the sort of recess of my mind. But we, you knew. And it's one of the only times we've done a video, me and Steve at the time, I think it was, where we spoke about Jose coming. Mm. Well, we've, we've jumped the gun and we said, this is so nailed on. Mm. Let's do a video just, now about yeah, it. Was, it was so it, obvious, Yeah, there's it? no point in not doing it. Let's do it. And it, you know, it happened. He didn't get appointed there and then. Van Gaal saw out the season and, you know, what did he do? We waited until, what, two hours after he'd won the FA Cup to sack That him. was nice of him. Yeah, it? you know, a bit of class from Manchester United Football Club. Yeah. But we knew that was going to happen. Now, it could be in a scenario where you know all he's going to go at the end of the season, someone's going to come in, but it doesn't feel like that in a minute. No. Because with Jose, you knew he was a standout candidate. It was just set in stone. It was happening. There isn't one at the minute. Some want Ten Hag. Some want Zidane. Some want Brendan Rodgers. Mm. You know, some might want a, a left field appointment that I've not mentioned. Someone has, you know, has not even thought. Maybe with the international managers like Enrique and Mancini, it's always difficult. Yeah. The World Cup coming up, but you just don't know, dear, what's going on. No, exactly. And there's a great point here from Abinav with the Super Chat. said, the media have always jumped to criticise Oli. Now they have serious ammo and our fan base are like addicts, always looking for a high the way they want Oli out. I know Oli isn't the guy, but decency, man. I agree with that completely. Yeah, you can criticise the manager and question the manager without yeah. being crass or horrible or vindictive towards yeah. him. He is a club legend for what he does as a player. Nothing's going to change that, in my opinion, as, as, as the manager. I know it can taint his legacy mm. somewhat. I'm not saying it can't, but he will always be you know, a, a fantastic player and a servant of Manchester United. And also someone who cares and he, he does want to have success at Manchester United. Yeah. It's not his fault if the job is beyond him. No. He's not, it's not like his lack of trying. He's not putting, he's not putting in the effort. No. He just may not have the tactical now, the ability, the experience, all the things you need to be mm. Manchester United manager to do it long term. And I think he does deserve credit for those first two full seasons. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jay Renegade says, what would be a successful season for a new manager? At this point, it's top four, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think still a push in, in the FA Cup and the Champions League. I, don't, I wouldn't rule out winning the FA Cup, finishing fourth and getting a semi-final of the Champions League. You look at Chelsea's two examples of where they've changed manager mid-season and won the Champions League. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's <laughs> that uh, should happen. No, but, but oh, it's doable. But the other thing as well is, right. neither time did they win those Champions Leagues. Were they the best team in no. Europe squad-wise? And, 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 you know, and, and also with Di Matteo in particular, yeah. was he like the most talented manager no, out there? No, he just have a good manager. well with that group of players. Exactly. So... Yes, you should be able to push on in Europe. My worry is, if you leave it too long with Oli, if things do get worse, and they can get worse, we could lose to Villarreal. I've seen people saying that. Things can't get any worse. Just get anyone in. It can get yeah. a lot worse. We lose this. to Villarreal and Watford. 
then it's just got a whole lot worse. Or we wait and we lose to young boys at home. Yeah, yeah. trust me. When you think you it know. can't get worse, it can. Yeah. Uh, Neil uh, says, can't see it happening at all, but would you take Ragnick as an intern with a view to him then working alongside Murta to appoint the next manager? I like this, but it all has a feel of design by committee about it. It's quite like this is a cool theory. It's almost conspiracy-esque where it's like, get him in and then he does this job and then he transitions to this job and this and this. And there's too many moving parts to it. I don't even, know, I don't even know anything about this man. Nick, other than We're going to be doing a video yesterday. on him tomorrow, uh, exactly who he is, exactly what he's done before, why he could be the right man for United, why he might be a short-term option. So make sure you check that out tomorrow. And Abhishek there says, I still think we'll be stuck with Ole. If there's no manager change, there could at least be personal change with new captain with Maguire stinking. We'll come to Maguire in a minute. Let's talk about the sort of overall um, situation that we're in here. Who do you blame for this? Now, obviously, Ole has to take some of the blame or a lot of the blame. The players have to take some of the blame. But do you think there's a there's a point here? You mentioned before about Woodward saying, and there's articles and reports, that he might not want his last action as CEO or whatever his exact executive, executive vice, vice chairman. He calls himself the yeah. only one in the league. It's pathetic. Um, that he doesn't want his last act to be sacking someone. Yeah. Now, two things to me with that. Firstly, you think, okay, well, that's a slightly cowardly position to take. Yeah. That I'm not willing to do my job properly because I don't know how bad it looks on me. It's not about you. No. It's about Manchester United. If it's the right thing to do, you should fucking do it regardless of whether you're leaving. And secondly, that puts more pressure on Ole. If he's not the right man, which it looks like we are being proven week in, week out, he probably isn't. Are you now hurting him and his legacy at United by not being willing to take the, the decisions that need to be taken? Yeah, I mean, like you just said there at the beginning of that sentence, that your job is for the benefit of Manchester United Football Club, not your future career, No, not how it looks on you. And if it's better for Manchester United that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer moves on, then that's what you have to do. Mm. That's what your job is. Your job is to make sure that you're doing the best, have the best, uh, the club's best interests at heart. Now, Edward was never had that. If he, had, he was one of the architects of the Glazer takeover, yeah. which saddled us you know, a billion pounds worth of debt. We all know the, the, what, what's happened there. So we can't rely on him to do the right thing. Mm. But there's, a, there's another side to this as well, where we're now on the cusp, it would seem, of going through our what? Is that our fourth permanent manager since Sir Alex retired? Yeah. Moyes, uh, Van Gaal, Jose, and now Ole. Um, and you have to wonder why we haven't been able to properly, properly challenge for a title or a Champions League in that time. Because we can go, the Glazers are parasites. Not even properly. We've not been close. No, not been close. We can go, the Glazers are parasites, they've bled this club dry, and they have. But, and this isn't a defence of the Glazers, because I would never do that if you put a gun to me, head. We've spent a lot of money since Fergie mm. retired. We've spent nearly, was it 890 We've spent million? around as much as everyone else. Yeah. Less than yeah. City, but, but, but everyone else. We've spent enough money for us to challenge for a Premier yeah. League title or a Champions League properly. Yeah. So why haven't we? And why are we so far away now, yeah. probably the, as far as we've ever been since Fergie retired, from challenging for those honours? Yeah. It's bad management. And I don't mean football manager as in the coach. coach. I mean, above him. Yeah. Like, you look at, and I get no pleasure in saying this, look at City, right? And mm. I know City went out and went turbo in the transfer market. Mm -hmm. But they had Mancini, Pellegrini, Guardiola, all won titles. Yeah. When Mancini left, it didn't. that wasn't the end of the party for no. Man City. Yes, again, they backed the managers, but... Pellegrini comes in, then Pep comes in. There's a strategy there, there's a plan, yeah? You look at the Scousers. The Scousers were a disaster for about 28 years in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. It was all the, the top flight. It was, it was hilarious. They never won the title. Came close a couple of times. It all went wrong for them. But then they start putting in a place where 
Klopp succeeding Rodgers, style-wise, makes sense mm-hmm. because it's not that dissimilar. They get in players that suit that style. And even then, Klopp, uh, Rodgers has had a proper title yeah, challenge. Yeah, like, you know, more of a title challenge than we've had in no, the last eight it years. wasn't Steven Gerrard, you know, following yeah. his ass. They should have won yeah. that league. It so, was fuck-ups on the pitch yeah. that led them to not win that league. 100%. So... You have that, and then you bring in players like Mo Salah because he fits his style. Sadio Mane, he fits his style. Virgil van Dijk, play out the back, he fits his style. It makes sense. When they bought, City brought in the likes of Sterling and De Bruyne, before Guardiola got there, they knew Guardiola was coming in. These are players that suit him. They have a plan, they have a strategy. Mm. Even Chelsea, for all the criticism they get, have a plan. Their plan yeah. is, you give you 18 months, two years, and if you're not successful, we'll get rid of you. Yeah. It's a plan. Yeah, and also generally, <laughs> they tend to go for more defensively-minded managers. Yeah. That's how they do it. If it's five at the back, if it's four at the back with two two holding players, they'll do that. They Their most successful managers have been defence first. Yeah. And that's fine. And as United fans, we're less keen to see that. But at least it is a plan that has worked. And it's not, you know, it's not the plan we want for United, but there is a plan. And they also tend to go for the, the be- biggest and best name out there. Yeah. So Ancelotti, mm. probably the best coach available. Mm. The game. Conte, probably the best coach available. The game. Jose in 2013, 14, or whatever. They obviously had experience with him, been mm. there before, but the best one available. The game. Mm. Tuchel, probably the best one Conte available. Conte as well. Yeah, I said him, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Tuchel, probably the best one available. The game. Yeah. That's that's their who's the best manager available? Mm. We'll get him, we'll give mm. him two years. And he usually has a year of success, year of not doing that well and get sacked. Yeah. But during that time, since 2013, since we last won a title, they've won a few and they've won a mm. couple of Champions Leagues. And the other thing is because... Oh, sorry, one Champions League since then. Because they're, they're willing to chop and change like that, they don't then allow each manager to come in and radically change no. the, the personnel of the team. They can no. buy a lot of players, they spend a lot of money, yeah. but the next manager will more than likely fit and gel with most of the players from the old manager because they pick managers of a certain style and a certain pedigree. Yeah. Whereas United, we go... Let's get Moyes in. He wants one thing. Let's get Louis in. He wants one yeah. thing. Jose, another thing. Ole, another thing. It doesn't. There is no plan. There is no understanding of, of what the club needs. There's no what, continuation. Exactly. Is like you look at the, the, the continuation at Chelsea, like you spoke about, it's all defensively minded. Yeah. And then you get a big, strong striker in, usually to lead the line, whether yeah. it's Lukaku, whether it's Costa, whether it's Drogba. Yeah. That's like... Sort of yeah. relative carbon copies yeah. of each other in it's terms of style. It's not that dissimilar, is no. it? It's not like you're going from tikka-taka yeah. to, you know, five at the back, complete possession-based football or whatever yeah. it's all it makes sense even mm-hmm. though it's quite erratic in terms of hiring and firing it makes sense look at Liverpool it's that sort of high press Rodgers used it yeah. Klopp uses it it makes sense City you're getting again experienced managers giving them a lot of money possession-based building, football. Possession football you're building towards Pep Guardiola who was like the, the, the ultimate goal and they got him yeah. with United it's just erratic shambolic and it's painful it's yeah. painful where we are because standing there on Saturday afternoon was, again, two now, two games back-to-back at Old Trafford where I've genuinely seen us play as badly as we've ever played post-Fergie. Yeah. And I mean that. And I'm, you can go on MK Don's 4-0 and all this other stuff. That Liverpool game and that City game was as bad as I've seen Manchester United play yeah. since, since Fergie retired and it's just not good enough. No. Um, Callum says Ole has given us some fantastic moments as manager, and we won't forget that game. Uh, we won't forget that, uh, e.g., the PSG game. If Ole does go, could Rooney come in till the end of the season and get a long-term manager in the summer? To me, just he don't have the experience. And, and, and let's Rooney, not have another ex-player who yeah. we love as the option with yeah. no with no qualifications. No. But let's not yeah. be sat here in three months going, "I love Wayne Rooney," but yeah, no. Yeah. 
Um, Aditya says, all of the issues aside, the treatment of Oli from the club leadership is abysmal. The man's a legend and they can't even make his departure dignified. Uh, Akshay says, uh, what should the policy be after Oli? Long-term manager slash vision, success, rebuilding him for two years or short-term, who could win something in one and two years? The thing that I would give Oli a lot of credit for and have given Oli a lot of credit for, I don't think we need a rebuild. I think this team is largely set. It's no, good enough to challenge for certainly the FA Cup, the League Cup, maybe the Champions League on a good season. The, the league might be a bit of a push because of the consistency required, but maybe even the league. But this team doesn't need two years. This team doesn't need a, a new cycle of players, six players out, six players in. One or two pieces in this team and the right manager, and we should be challenging for trophies. So that's the thing that Oli has, has definitely done. He's made much more of a cohesive squad, a squad that will work, a squad that can translate to different styles and different managers. I think we have to give him credit for that, regardless of what happens with him as manager. Um, and then finally, we've got Christopher who said, Heads up, y'all, if y'all are still on Tumblr, please check out Daily Red Devils. Glory, glory, man, you're out of the paddock. I'm not on Tumblr, but if you are, check that out. Check that out. Glory, glory, man. Sorry, what's it called? Daily Red Devils? Yeah. Let's move on and talk about this Maguire, Harry Maguire <laughs> situation. Yeah, we've done a bit. It's been of, unfolding as we spoke. Yeah. So let me, let me Go on. lay you, the land out. You laid the land out for us. Bro. After the game against City at the weekend, Ollie was questioned by a, a journalist called Alison Bender, yep. who uh, was freelance and was speaking to him. Um, and quoted um, Harry Maguire yep. to Ole and said, what do you make of the fact that Harry Maguire um, has said the players didn't believe they could win the game or they or lost lack, faith? Lack belief. Lack, lack belief, belief sorry. sorry, I think she said. Yeah, um, and he looked shocked and a bit baffled and kind of had to, you know, maybe we felt that way because we were struggling to get what, what we wanted to do. Kind of a tricky question. In the meantime... There has been no evidence supplied that Harry Maguire ever said this. No, well, that was a massive story. That was a so huge story. So there was loads of articles. Hundreds of th- I the, think the, the video went viral. 700,000 views. Yeah. Everyone like, look at the state of this. Look at what Maguire's done. Look at how well he doesn't know what's going on. And yeah. Maguire's thrown him on the bus. And yet the, the, sort of the, the, in, the sort of the intrigue was yeah. the actual Maguire quote, yeah. no, you know, no one had seen it, no one had heard it, other than obviously Alison Bender who'd, who'd put it to Ollie. Yeah. So then there was this thing of like, well, okay, has anyone seen this quote? Can everyone see the context yeah. of it or what's been said? Um, I put a tweet out on my own personal account. Has anyone got that link to this interview? Yeah, so can, can we see, see it? Yeah, um, no one could find it. And like Dale from Straight News and a few others were saying. So I thought, well, why don't we just go straight to the... the his mouth, the not source. Harry Maguire himself, no. but Alison Bender, yeah, who's a journalist. So we just DM'd her and said, Listen, um, you know, have you got a link to this or have you got any sort of context to what was said? She said she's had a bit of stick on Twitter, as you can mm. imagine, because people just pile on and be like, Oh, have you made this up or whatever? Or, I don't know, but she said she's not been treated great. But she did reply saying, I'm going to post the quotes, yeah, so you can see. And she has done, we, we spoke to her. So a if you can, months. can you read, get those up and read those out? So, yeah, yeah we contacted her and just basically said. You know what's going on with this? Because it's a big story, yeah, and, and we're not seeing any evidence, or not necessarily no, evidence. It just said like you got to see what said. Yeah, so we get a bit of context. And th- we did this at like ten minutes before we went on, and then yeah. she said, "I'll post quotes down." And fair play, so she did. So she said, "Many asking me for the Maguire quotes. It is from Sport Club Croatia, so it's geo blocked. So I imagine you have to be in Croatia to watch it. However, here is the quote I was referring to." We got, this is the quote now, we got punished for a first half which wasn't aggressive, it wasn't on the front foot, and we lacked that, um, that little bit of belief. Mm. And she also said, and when I spoke to her like, on message, that she'd, she'd made a note when she'd been watching this, she'd made notes, so, you know, that's why she knew exactly what he'd said and, and was willing to put it to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Now, that kind of explains that 
I'd say that on face value. I don't think she's creating all this. I, don't no. th- I think that obviously Harry Maguire has obviously given an interview to Sport Club Croatia, and that's what he said, and, and she's put that to, to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So that seems to clear that up a little bit. Mm. I mean, so what do you make of that quote then? When you look at it like that, it's not. I don't think it's that bad. Go on. Because when you say we got punished for a first half, which wasn't aggressive, it wasn't on the front foot, and we let that earn that little bit of belief. Mm. And I think you could see that. Yeah. He's not saying anything that to me is a revelation. He's not said, we're so scared of Man City, no. I've never played football before. And, and also, I like the, the quote says, um, it's like he's thinking, right? We like yeah, that little maybe bit he of, just got his words slightly yeah. not how he would have wanted them. We like that little bit of, maybe he could have used the word impetus, that little bit of aggression. Yeah, front that, foot. Yeah, that like, little yeah. bit of, you know, I don't know, but... If he'd have said we lack that little bit of energy, then people would probably saying, "Well, why don't you? Why don't you try harder?" Yeah. So I kind of understand it. I don't like the fact I've got the Manchester United ca- captain saying we lack belief. It's not great. Yeah. I don't like the fact the manager's finding out about it off a journalist as he's giving a live interview. It is all very shambolic. But there you go. You can think you see the the quotes that are coming yeah. up there. But it explains what's going on. So that's sort of you know Maguire Gate Part One mm. puts to bed. There's the quote, which but, is good. And again, and, and not that. You know, we have to demand everyone gives evidence for everything, and you know, hopefully, her credentials put her in a position where we can assume she wasn't making it up. Which no, we I, did. I, I, I believe. But it's worth it's worth looking into that and finding out exactly what's said. Well, because I think you should do, and I think yeah. you, should, you know, and don't buy into this. Well, we're only on YouTube. You got to, if you're going to comment and talk about something, yeah, do a bit of diligence. Yeah, and as a reporter, I won't just make stuff up or not no. check. So just check, you got in, we just DM'd her and she was fine. She just said, right, I've had a bit of grief and I said, I appreciate that. And she's posted it and we can see it there and you see where you're up to. And I think that the story now isn't, did he say it? It's obviously what he said and whether you think it's as bad as perhaps some have, have treated it. I don't, it's not great, but I'm, I'll, I'll yeah. give him a slight benefit of doubt there. That, like you say, he's maybe he's, he could have chose better words than belief, even though from the evidence, you could tell that was a team that lacked belief. Yeah, I mean, don't, It's not great to him, the captain saying it straight after the game, I'll be honest with you. But it's it's obviously true. Yeah, and, and go on. And and if like you said, you're watching this team in the last six weeks. Do you think they're playing with belief? Do you think they're playing with confidence? No. The, the the problems aren't that they don't have belief currently. The problem is why don't they have belief? And is that the manager? Is that the players? Is that the pressure on them? Is it a mixture of all of those things? That they're the problem. Not having belief is a symptom of the problem. But it's a symptom we've been able to see. Anyone who's watched any Man United games in the last six weeks can see this is a team that don't have belief. That's why they lack that sort of final push towards winning games. Even the games against Atalanta, how feeble and weak and scared we looked. Yeah. That's clearly a team lacking belief. No, and it, again, the it problem is. is that we are lacking belief, not that he's saying it, because we know they are. And, but and let's fix why they are. And, you know, is that the coaching? Probably. Is it the players? A little bit. Like, all of these things play a role, but I don't think... Him stating it is the is the t- embarrassing thing. The embarrassing thing is that it's so obvious that when he does state it, we're sat here going, yeah, obviously. I mean, you look at that team, the 11 that we sent out there. I mean, you can go into tactics and that's another story. And, I th- and you covered it very well on the on the watch along and the live review. So I don't need to go into it. But in terms of players, we've got quality players there. Yeah. So why are those players so far away from the levels they should be at? Yeah. Is it belief? Well, yeah. probably is that, that comes into it. Yeah. Other issues come in, maybe fitness can be form, it can be sort of playing through injuries, playing for injuries, whatever. But I was watching there one team that were up for it and another mm. team that wasn't, and it pained me as a Manchester United fan for the second game running to see mm. us playing against our arch rivals, first our most hated rivals, mm-hmm. the Scousers, and then a week later or whatever it is, two weeks later against City, 
and we don't turn up for either of those games. Again, though, it's worth pointing out there as well, when you say a week later, and obviously that's... Sorry, two weeks no, later. No, but it but it was the home games, consecutive home games. Yeah. So the, the, the you know... What percentage of United fans go well, to I'm away games? I don't. I don't. I think five percent. Yeah, yeah, just because the, the allocation is yeah. a lot less. So the majority of match-going United fans, the two games they've seen back to back, are shambolic, embarrassing performances against United's two biggest rivals. Yeah, like that is unacceptable at any time. That's like Moyes' era. Do you remember when we got beat off Scousers three 0 and then about a fortnight later or a week later, whatever it was, City beat us and they scored after twenty seconds or whatever. Yeah. It feels like that again. Um, and I think, you know, we can start going on about Maguire's quotes and stuff like that, and we're going to go into a bit more of it. Yeah. But the, the, the reaction on social media as well from some of the players, it just it just infuriates me even more. We'll come to that in a second. Uh, Chris has said, what are your thoughts on Graham Potter to replace Ole? I think he needs that next step. I think he needs something between Brighton and United. He needs, too much Graham of a Potter risk. comes in here and he needs time. He ain't going to get it. No. He, and also he needs someone, He needs. we need someone, no disrespect to Brighton, but with a bit more gravitas to, to control that dressing room, to, to get the egos in check, to, to have players believing yeah. in him, and you know, oh, I just took Brighton to sixteenth. Yeah. Ain't gonna cut the mustard. Yeah, when you, yeah, when Ronaldo goes, who the fuck are you? And there he says, are. well, actually, we underperformed on XG last season. <laughs> Ronaldo's already at the yeah. dressing room talking like, to someone else where, about who the next me, manager's going to be. Yeah, get me, get my agent on the phone. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And that's you know, that's no knock on Graham Potter, but he needs to take that step. The level of, of scrutiny and pressure. One, you can do decent things with Brighton for a, a quarter of a season. The other is you're at the biggest, most highly scrutinised job and club in the world. We need to have seen more from him to back up those difficult times. Because otherwise, you go, you go, what, you know, winless in six. He hasn't got the ball. But Graham Potter's never had to deal with the certain things he'll have to deal with at Manchester United. He's never had to deal with every single decision he makes being scrutinised by millions of people. He's never had to deal nev- with the rotation of European no, football. He's never had to deal with his entire squad to a man being away on international duty. Yeah. He's never had to deal with, like you say, the rotation of the squad. He's never had to deal with certain players demanding to play. Mm-hmm. And then almost having sort of five or six players demanding to play for four positions. Yeah. And you've got to work out how you're going to drop and people. And all of those players are either World Cup winners, league winners, yeah. you know, established international stars. £90 million pound signings or £89 million pound signings. £90 million quid, they're on 300 grand a yeah. week. This, it's a whole different ball game and I think he needs to take a step before he comes down. He's obviously a talented coach and I think you know, maybe and do win an Everton, yeah. a Tottenham, win a trophy, or Leon, you know, yeah. Milan, or you know, whatever. get into the Champions League or, yeah. or, or win a trophy. Do something where you can say, "Look, here's what I've done in my yeah. managerial career." Because no disrespect, again, I know he's had, you know, was it Osterns where? No, Osterns where was it? He oh. went abroad. I forget. It's yeah, in Sweden. Forgive me. Um, you know, it's relative success there, but you know, a stick that's used to beat Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's obviously, you know, back to back titles in Molder. Yeah. Got nothing to do now. But if you've got something on your CV that's recent and successful, yeah. then you can point to that. And again, we we like to think that the players are all you know high sort of high intelligence kind of football scholars who go ah he's never won anything, but look at the potential. Some of those people, maybe not all of them, but some of the players will be going, "Who the fuck's this guy?" And, and also, that's, and that's a bad if, yeah. Pre- if you're if you're all wrong, it, you're not interested in potential. No, you've maybe got two or three years at the top level. Yeah, you don't be wasting your time waiting for two years for someone to get their act together. No, exactly. Um, Mark Skull says I think Oli should be given three months put some pressure on him I want to see him fighting for his job I don't want him to go with a whimper I don't think anyone wants him to go with a whimper the, t- the you know trouble what? is and, and I don't, we're seeing even less yeah. than a whimper at the minute I don't 
even though I don't agree with that, I understand it, and I don't. I'm not going to criticize anyone for wanting Oligon and Solskjaer to succeed. I'm just not seeing any, any evidence that it, it is going to have a happy ending. Yeah. And I love Oli, and I've always backed him, but we've got to be realistic on where we are. It's just it's going to be very difficult, in my opinion, for him to turn this around. Yeah, um, Holly Jenkins. What I miss most is the old tra- is Old Trafford singing "We Shall Not Be Moved" and the best song ever. Uh, Old Trafford, Champions of England, Champions of Europe, on beat for 20 minutes. It's been a while since we've been able to sing Champions of England, Champions of Europe, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, second place finish in the Premier League doesn't have the same ring no. to it, does it? Or Europe, Europa League runners Europa up. League final, list. second yeah, in England. Yeah, quite it doesn't quite have the same sort of impact. It doesn't. Alpha Omega players should be uh, bartered or battered maybe for the results. Yeah. Uh, not Ole getting 300 grand a week and can't be bothered to put in performance for the fans is disgusting. I do think, and this isn't just United thing, this isn't a me defending Ole thing. Yeah. In every club, at every time, those sort of six, six weeks, two months, three months before a manager goes, yeah. where things start to feel... Ch- I think at every club, players end up getting away with performances because everyone's so focused on the manager. Yeah. You can almost do what you want as a player because, mm-hmm. well, he's going anyway... The players need to hold the you know hold the hands up for some of these performances as well. But again, they're not the ones that's going to take the the flak long term, are they? Um, Peter Kelly, one big issue is Shaw plays too narrow and doesn't close crosses down. We have a keeper that won't come and came cr- claim crosses, and then Maguire and Lindelof are too slow playing out, which lets teams step up. Yeah, I agree with that. Set up, sorry. David McLeod says, "Okay, lads, role play time. You are Ollie. What do you do before the end of the year? You are the board. What are you doing? If you're right, if you're Ollie, mm. do you stay and fight? I wouldn't resign, I don't think. Nope. I don't um, know because I don't know what he thinks. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what... Ta- is, are they di- are they ignoring his instructions? Are they not doing the things they're working on? Because if I think I've got more to give here, I'm telling these lads to do things they're not doing, That's I would think I'm going to stay and fight until they do what I yeah. say. No. If, if I think I can't... Uh, they're doing what I'm saying, it's not working. There'd be part of me that thinks maybe I'm not quite ready is, for this. Is there a roll of the dice? for Ollie or the board to change the coaching staff and not Ollie to do anything with the coaching staff differently and not Ollie is that an option do you to feel to me though that I'm not saying it should be I'm asking a question does that that to me feels as though Ollie is playing his whole career as though this is the only job he'll ever have yeah and it's like I've got to do everything I can to keep this job which fair enough you're looking to keep the job but you should want to keep the job because your instincts were right and you did the right things and it worked. Yeah. Not because I, I literally tried everything. Yeah. Is Maybe that worked, maybe that's right, but kind of you want someone who, not necessarily, you don't have to get it right every time, bang on. Like yeah. Conte changed style at Chelsea after things weren't working. But is it like, I just threw the fucking kitchen sink at it, I tried this coach, this coach got Roy Keane into scream and Fergie slapped me around the head. Is that is that what you want? Just a scattergun approach until hopefully something works? Or maybe do you just want to try what you're good at and if that doesn't work, Try someone else. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with that is if you do that, it's going to undermine you a lot. Yeah, I, because I you're basically saying I, I'm army debt for a little bit. I yeah. need help, yeah. which you know it's always good to ask for help, but perhaps not when you're into your third full season as manager of Manchester United. Yeah, uh, actually, is Cristiano concerned about his playing time under a more experienced manager, and hence he's uh, uh, he's sorry, he's backing Ole. Yeah. He has all his back, sorry, uh, and in turn influencing Sir Alex and the board to back Ole. I think that's. To, we're looking too many steps into a, a mindset there. I think um, Ronaldo wants the best manager that has the best chance of him winning, and I think pretty much every manager in the world would see Ronaldo as a huge part of this squad, regardless. So I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. John B. Us having Cristiano Ronaldo feels like when you make pops round, but your house is a proper tip, a little bit. <laughs> like um, uh, Jason <laughs> says the squad is proper good. Ollie, uh, so, sorry, the prop, the squad is proper good. Squad, 
Ole has brought together, sorry, yet this squad now seems like it's a cut above Ole and his coaching ability. Maybe he's better at sort of transfers and that side of the game than he is about It's weird because going into this season, you looked at the transfers that Ole had made and they all made sense. Even Dan James, who had brought in for 15 million and sold for 30, you thought, okay, he's doubled his money. Mm. You know, Maguire going into the season, like good signing, Wan-Bissaka, um, Bruno, of course, Cavani. Mm. And then you bring in the likes of Varane, Sancho, and, and Ronnie. It's it, you think, okay, this is you know he's he's moving this club forward. It's just been such a bad start that all that's looking like it's coming undone. Yeah, it doesn't matter who comes in because Ronaldo's running that dressing room. And do you think that's right? No player's bigger than the club. That's from Glenn. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. It does matter. It does matter who comes in, mm. doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, this whole thing that it doesn't matter who the coaches, you know, it mattered when Oli took over from Jose. We yeah. saw a massive improvement in more every than, More than just a new manager bounce, yeah. an unprecedented yeah. bounce. And it was like, yeah. can Oli do that again with his squad now when he's the manager that needs I don't think I'm not. I don't think he can, to be honest with you. Mm. And I think it may need someone else to come in and, and do that. But who knows, as, as I said, the minute he is the, the manager, manager and... and if the board do stick with him, then he's got to work it out. Yeah. But it's a massive, it's a massive if. Osezi says, the longer this continues, the longer Oli not only taints his legend, he also taints his career. He's now a joke slash meme that fans ridicule. No other top league fan base would want him near their club. But I think, you know... He's not a joke. He's not a joke. And no. I don't think he's a And meme, don't get like City fans singing his name, Scouts are singing his name. Leeds fans are singing his name. His record against them at Old Trafford is something like scored 11, conceded three. Yeah. So let's not kid ourselves that every, you know, he's just a joke. He might, fans are having their day, rival fans, and I get it, because we used to do that with some rival managers as well. But I don't think Oli is a complete joke or whatever, or sorry, a joke or a meme. I think rivals are reveling in it, but he's, he's you know, he's not, he's not been, we can't, you have to put this into concept. He's been at United for mm. almost three seasons in it in total. Like he came in in December, He's had two full seasons and whatever going up to November now. And you have to look at, for two of those seasons, we had some very good results. We finished third and we finished second. And there aren't, there aren't endless football managers that have finished second in the Premier League, no. by the way, no matter no. who they've managed. And That's a handful top, of Top of, three of finishes. No one's done that since no. Fergie decided at United. Exactly. So it's not that, it's not like it's been a complete disaster. Let's not rewrite history. It's just not going well enough at all at the minute. Speaking of not going well enough, after the game, Eric Bailly came out on social uh, and posted about the game saying he regrets the result. Let's see if we can get that on the screen. Um, and we can go through that. And this is a trend that we're seeing at the moment. You see here, nobody is uh, more frustrated than me. I have to keep my head up, no excuses. And he's posted literal pictures of him scoring an own goal. It's weird because he's done like a like a, a storyboard of it, hasn't he? Yeah. It's not just one picture. It's two, like, here's the, here's me, you know, making the, the, the attempt and here's it going in and the Here's net. it from the other angle. Yeah. And like I've never in my life seen it. I might be wrong. You can correct me in the chat if I am. A player posting pictures of his own goal that helped cost his team the, the game. It's a bit odd, isn't it? It's very odd. But now, again, I don't think Eric Bailly, by the way, has sat at home and done that. His team have obviously done it. Well, let's, but why have they done it? Let's get into that. Because, again, this follows a trend of players apologising for missing penalties, apologising after games. Off. This sort of language of that seems to be commonplace now. Um, and there's a clip circulating on social media that we can, we can play a little bit of here uh, in just a second. And talking, uh, Phil Lynch, who's the CEO of Media at Manchester United, uh, we'll play the clip uh, and we'll talk about it afterwards. So this is again, Phil Lynch, the CEO of Media at Manchester United. To your question about, you know, how do we work with them? We pull twice a day um, social media fan sentiment graphs for every single one of our players. Uh, and we have certain thresholds um, 
that that alert us when we see fan sentiment going one way, whether that be a personal issue, whether that be an on-pitch performance issue. And when that happens, we then start to work with the player and his team individually to kind of try to start to counter that narrative a little bit, because in a lot of cases, you know how it is, it's just emotion and it comes up and it comes down anyway. But we do spend a lot of time on what we call social media monitoring and tracking. And you see there, that's coming from, you see there coming from Sport Pro. And the, the, yeah, talking about we do twice daily fan sentiment graphs and we then schedule and tailor uh, the sort of response to those graphs from the fans. And then we put the, 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 the players' social media accounts into a kind of almost like this is how we're going to change your mind. If you like us, we'll put something good out. If you don't like us, we'll put an apology out. What do you think of this thing of like, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be theoretically looking at the words and the thoughts of a person on Twitter, and you talk about oh well you know trolls and stuff who we should be able, we should have to put drivers licenses on or whatever before you can have a social media account, and then you see half the players using stats and algorithms. You're basically seeing a footballer's face as the front to an algorithm. Yeah. What what is the point? What is the point in following people on social media? And, and obviously I understand that these people are very busy and they've got a lot of work and maybe some charity stuff or political things that they're doing that they can't necessarily cover every single second of all the time because they're a human being with a very important job but, or a very demanding job. But then what is the point of footballers, again, masquerading as people when they're literally fanning, fan sentiment graphs with a, with a footballer's so, face on the front of them? To be honest, I mean, the thing with this is it's almost like the disp- suspension of disbelief. We all know that footballers don't do all their own tweets. Yeah, of course. And it amazes me when you see these like Marcus Rashford gate, actually he doesn't do all his own tweets. There was a time when Marcus Rashford was replying to hundreds of tweets a day. It would have been physically impossible for anyone to do what he was doing. Mm. But it's nice when you get that tweet off Marcus Rashford. Yeah. You can have that, I got a tweet off Marcus Rashford. You might deep down know, okay, he's not sat there and done it. Some of them he might have done. Yeah. But like, by and large, it's, you know, it's his team or whatever. But when someone comes out and he, 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 they put it like that, it just feels like a bit like, like you say, it taints it a bit. It makes you feel like a bit empty. You think, oh, it's just, you know, it's just some executive or some, yeah. you know, lackey in a, an office deciding what's the best way. It's an algorithm. Uh, yeah, an algorithm. What's the best way of replying it? But I do think that we're focusing on the negative here because yeah. when we have defeats and when we have teams of, you know, we saw the Bruno one where his team accidentally posted something that was meant for Martinelli or whatever it was. Mm. Um, the Eric Bay one that's just bizarre. And also Harry Maguire doing his, his apology and it's just like, oh God, here we go. So Bruno apologised after he missed the penalty as well. Yeah, and I don't want to hear that. I'm not interested in it. But we've also seen over, what, six months ago, a year ago, Marcus Rashford's social media account mm. helped with a campaign that fed millions of children, that galvanised the entire nation, mobilised the nation when the mm. Tories said, you're not going to be able to feed all the kids or we're not going to be able to do that. Then people got involved to the level of people were sending in donations. They were saying they were doing food runs. They were doing all this great stuff that emanated from social media. It didn't come just from Marcus Rashford doing the TV interviews. A lot of it came from social media. So social media can be a massive positive. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've got three kids because of social media, so I'm not going to knock it too much. Do you know what I mean? Slid into some DMs, next thing you know, boom. Um, But, (laughs) but, but, when you D see things DMs, like that, yes, uh, when you see things like that, like oh, this is how we do it. It's an algorithm. It's just this, mm. and when you, coupled with the, some of the social media posts we've seen recently, mm. it does leave a sour taste in the mouth. Do you know it? What it does make you think that this is all just another step in football becoming something that we don't like. Yeah, they're not lost in powers when it turns out he marries a fembot 
and the face falls down. There's just like yeah. a robot sparks. Like that's what that's what player social media accounts are. But then, and the other side of things, and and again, like I said, it's a step towards the stuff we don't like. But the other side of it, you look at the abuse players get. And then a lot of the response to that abuse is either people supporting them, obviously if it's you know a crossing the line abuse, that's something that no one gets behind. But obviously if someone's saying, you played really badly today, even that, which isn't a- abusive or offensive, but it's something that if you read that a thousand times, you might feel a bit shit about yourself. Yeah. And often the response to that is people saying, well, don't read it. Well, don't read it then. Yeah. And you can't, the problem is you can't have both. Yeah. You can't have a player who runs their entire social media platform by themselves, who then disengages completely from every single bit of bad feedback they get and still be upbeat but they're not a part like yeah i understand there has to be lines drawn and some of it has to be they have to be helped out and these the whole brand side of it is that modern thing of after the game you don't want to be bankrupt you want to have a, a platform and a, a a lifestyle that can continue after the game because we've seen so many footballers mostly from a, the pre-premier league era who retire in six years later have got no money yeah and I understand that there's a, a it's a short short shelf life for a footballer if you aren't building that side of it. But especially after the games, like you said, it can't help but leave a sour taste in your mouth when you've got people sort of bragging about the how detailed and yeah. advanced the, I mean, the, it, the what is it fan sentiment graphs we, are. We know we like. Do you remember like we've had these so many mistakes where they've t- was it is it Victor Anachebe where it was like can you post. He'd left that in, yeah, and like he'd not. He just copied and pasted the entire text yeah. message and posted that. We've had other stuff as well. We saw Jamie Carragher, didn't we, saying to Georgie Wijnaldum money, saying like, "Oh, just ignore it." When mm. Wijnaldum said he'd had abuse, and it's not always that easy, is it? No, that's so yeah, you make a good point there. And I think we just have to be realistic about what is going on with some of these social media accounts. Well, let's talk about social media accounts because on. from one of the spectrum, we have fan sentiment graphs, yeah, and the other end of the spectrum, we have Daniel Sturridge, who I can. <laughs> Right, can we get that a bit bigger so I can read have it? Have we got Who both of them? Absolutely, definitely doing his own social media. Right. Can you, do you want to read that? I'll read yet? that one, and there's more to this as well. Okay. So I'm going to go. I'm going to read the second part as well. But you can see it, it says Nita Barber in Perth, um, WA on Thursday. Western Australia. Thank you. Only put your CV forward if you're top level, whatever that means. <laughs> you see the vibes, crispy clean, smooth like I wash my face with cake soap. If you've ever cut, if you've never cut hair like mine, don't bother putting your CV forward. My hairline is important to me. It's straight. I don't want to leave Australia with an M head hairline. Please <laughs> proceed to put your CV forward. If after all I've said, you still fit the description, top level craftsmanship, barber level on one thousand. Hey, right here's right. Just to stop me there. So far, it's all much, all very much of a certain tone. Yeah. Barber level on one thousand. Yeah. And I like this. I like this though. But don't charge anything anywhere near that much. Yeah. If you do, you're out of the running. I want a world class barber who's yeah. cut ideally a footballer's hair before. Yeah. Crispy, clean, yeah. straight hairline. Yeah. And I want it for six quid. <laughs> I want it at super cuts prices. <laughs> what? <laughs> Keep reading. Right. And then it says, um, I had time today. Well, I have time every day. I'm in quarantine still. Bye for now. But there was, there was, just, mo- there was more to this. Oh, sorry. Go Shaky on. hands. Yeah. I rebuke Sorry, you. I missed that. Don't bluff me. I'm going to look on your profile. If your pics ain't good, don't bother putting your CV forward. Like he's doing a literal full-blown job listing. I'm surprised this isn't up on LinkedIn. That is like... Cut the, Daniel Sturridge's hair. The privilege of being paid fuck all for Daniel Sturridge's hair. That's like the rants of a madman. Yeah. That's like insane. What are you on about? It's It's fantastic. like, just post, you know, any barbers about. And yeah. then look at the, yeah. the the profiles you've got sent. See whether they've got, you know, whatever it is, a, a smooth 
in like what like I wash my face in cake soap, whatever it is. Crispy lines. Yeah. Have a look at the like, the, the post you get sent without all this drivel. And it goes on as well. There was, there was more. And um I mean <laughs> If I look on your profile and you don't have one black person's hair that you have cut, I do not intend to be the first. All right, let's make it about racial. Um, unfortunately, you aren't qualified to cut my hair. I do not intend to be the first Afro hairline, you butcher. Yeah. I mean, this is just getting again, though, worse. You, he but, can do that filtering process yeah. himself. Yeah. If they send it to you, you look, okay, not one. No, you've, not, you've not cut Afro hair, so I'm not, I'm not yeah. giving the crack or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. That's, yeah. that's okay. But to put this on, it's just, <laughs> just bizarre. I love my fans. I love you, my fans, but you're taking it too far with some of these profiles you're sending me. I will end up with the yay, and that does not fit the description of the haircut I require. I do not want to have to tell you to cut my hair forward to engineer my waves back. You should already know the vibes. I repeat, if one black person's hair isn't on your profile, I'm sorry, but you do not fit the description. Yeah, you don't need you to repeat that it. crystal clear, yeah, Jay. You really don't need to repeat this twice in the same Instagram post. You absolute oddball. Um, I'm sorry, but you don't fit the description. I do not intend to be the first. Please revoke your CV and unsend your DM. Thank you, Perth, Western Australia. Uh, Daniel Studge or D Studge D from quarantine. So he's absolutely bored out of his mind. How would you know what? I, I would. I mean, I'm not advocating nastiness, but wouldn't it be great if someone just went round, had all the things he said, and just went through his hair with a clip, shaved the lights straight down? I went. Oh, sorry, Danny. Oh, do you know what? <sighs> sorry about that. <sighs> really, don't know what I was thinking. But by the way, aren't Man United Ace? Oh, Man United Ace, <laughs> and that's fifty grand. <laughs> That's what I charge. I love that. He wants the best haircut ever, but I'm not paying I'm not paying a lot of money for it. <laughs> I want a bargain and I want you to be perfect. And I'm putting this all on social media yeah. for some reason. It's so weird. And it's surely like and then he's then he's complaining about the ones he's been sent yeah. and saying, unsend them. Unsend your DM. Revoke <laughs> Un your CV. Remove this man from my quarters. This man is pathetic. Do you know what the sad thing about all this is? What? Daniel Sturridge has gone through a more stringent process to find a barber than we've been through for a manager, <laughs> right? We had Fergie go around to his mates, Sal, saying, Moise, do you want yeah. to take over from me? Yes, yeah. yeah, Sal. If you've never managed yeah. a top four club, rebuke yeah. your CV. <laughs> Daniel Sturridge puts more effort into finding his barber, I which is quite depressing. I wouldn't be surprised if Ed Woodward looks at that and tomorrow we see a post on United's Instagram like... <laughs> We are looking for a manager that is at level 1,000, but we don't want to pay high wages. If you've never managed a top four club, do not apply. Unsend your CV. And Rubber's like, this is going to fucking work. This is sick. <laughs> I'm going to look at your pics. If I don't see any trophies, I'm not going to bother. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's the uh, the rantings of a madman. Um, um, should we get through? Yeah, there's quite chats. a lot of super chats. I'll let you read through and then we'll go on to Wally of the Week. Sandre Rigg says, I genuinely don't see any coach being successful at United the way the club is structured. Now, not just Ole, thankful, uh, but he has peaked, missed my club. Yeah, that's the, pr that's the problem we're all sort of sitting in. We're in a swimming pool. We're in it together. But instead of water, it is liquid shite at yeah. Manchester United, isn't it? Um, Oli needs to stay to the end of the season and get folks like Varane, Sancho, Rashford and Cavani integrated with the full squad. Need to give him time. We can't be short-sighted due to bad six weeks. If the end of the season, fine, we'll sack him. Then uh, that was Bath Son. Slightly um, generous point there, but you know what? Some people think that and I can still see that argument. And, I, you know, we've defended Oli for a long time. It's just... You feel it as a, as a, not just a United fan, but as a football fan. How many managers have we seen sacked in our life? Hundreds, thousands of managers. Mm. There is a feeling when a manager's about to go, when a manager isn't quite doing it, when yeah. the players aren't quite there for him anymore. And I hadn't felt that up until the last 
three or four weeks, and you can't help but feel it now, I don't think. Ross Murphy, when Ole does go, I'm not going to celebrate. I'm going to thank him for the job he's done. He's still a legend at Man United. His legacy won't be wasted. Completely agree with that. Anyone who's people commenting saying, I hate Ole, can't wait till he goes, ruining Ball my off. club. The ruining my club stuff, half the people... He's played for Manchester United longer than half of those people have been alive. Yeah, he's, he, he's very much part of the club you consider your club. It's the structure and the processes in place that are uh, the issue here, yeah. not just Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Exactly. Uh, Uncle Jonga, amazing. Uh, no one is talking about Manchester. Well, we mentioned him earlier. It's just yeah. you know with Italy in the World Cup. You know, I mean, how realistic it. I, I know he used to manage City, and you know, City fans probably won't be too happy about that. Would United fans be unhappy if Mancini came? I'm not so sure. I mean, yeah. he's won the Premier League, obviously, hasn't he? Pete Holland, thank you for joining the first team. Uh, Vishal says, apparently there's a protest at Old Trafford. Oh, yeah, I've seen a few posts about that. Is it November the 13th, is it, that, yeah. that people are saying there's a protest? We'll keep you posted. We always let everyone know about protests. Yeah. Don't know anything about it, so don't want to get into too many details because no. don't know a lot, but we will post about process and give them you know, a platform because yeah. anything, if I've always said happening. this, if it's happening, anything that can bring about positive change at Manchester United, we will advocate, but we need to know some more details because obviously, yeah. you know, I don't know anything about it. Um, Naveen says, saw an unbelievable stat that 21% of United's home defeats in the Premier League have come under Ole, and that tells you the state of our club. Yeah, that's pretty bad. The, the thing that's also bad about that is, even during that time, we've still finished third and second, which is nowhere near our worst finishes in the Premier League. Oh. We finished, what, seventh, or what was it, eighth, sixth, fifth, and yet somehow we can just lose all these home games and still finish uh, third and second, which, you know, yeah. it's not great, but it's, it's, it's just that away form carried us through, didn't it? Um, and uh, Sean, Ralph, uh, thank you for being a member for 10 months. Cheers for giving us a laugh, lads, with this Daniel Story story amongst all the current doom and gloom of being a United fan up the fucking reds. Cheers, mate. Thank you for being a member. We had to, we had to cover that storage thing. Thank you, Daniel Storage. Who, that as well. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. And, I hope he, I, and you know what? I hope he gets a good haircut, but I hope he pays a lot of money for it. Because the, 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 how confident as a barber do you have? Even if I ticked all those boxes, I'm sat there going, this is a nightmare. I don't even want this to cut like this guy's hair. I've got the experience. Bridezilla. All the, all the footballer's hairs. I know exactly what I'm doing. I would still be going, I don't want to do it. Because if, if I put a hair out of place, I'm dead. Like, he's going to destroy me. You'll put picture of me on socials. Never get your hair cut by this guy. You don't know what you're dealing with. All you know is you're dealing with someone who goes about things in a way that not most people do. Um, Wally of the week, Jay. Um, I wish I could be more original. No, come on. But I'm going to go with Jurgen Klopp because yes. he's won a lot of games. People have forgotten how Jurgen Klopp can be. Yeah. Yesterday... I agree with you, by the way. Yeah. Um, West Ham did a number on him, did what we should have done. Um, Marked... Um, I nearly said Daniel Sturridge. Marked Mo Salah, like, marshalled him well, had two players on him all the time. Sorted the set pieces out. Good value for the win. Klopp comes on the telly afterwards, starts moaning about refereeing decisions, starts moaning about VAR, even though for the uh, West Ham's opening goal, you had VAR looking at a possible foul on the goalkeeper, couldn't find one. They then had a look at a possible handball, couldn't find one. They then there was a foul later on, they had a look at that, was given as not a foul, or, sorry, not a, a red card. So VAR's looked at all these incidents. He's not happy. He said the referee's got it wrong, VAR's got it wrong. Just moaning. Klopp likes to moan, and we've almost forgot what he's like because when he wins, everyone loves him. And go, oh, Klopp, and he's great, and he's lovely. Um, but when he loses, he's very, very bitter, and he didn't need to be. He's having an amazing run as a Liverpool manager. He's obviously had a lot of success as a Liverpool manager. Mm. David Moyes did a number on him. West Ham deserved the win. I watched the game. He couldn't just come out and say, you know what, we've had a great run of it. All runs come to an end. Now we have to go again or whatever. But instead, he comes out of all this nonsense blaming the ref. It's just a bit sad. It is, isn't it? And, he, and like you said, you almost forget he does this every time they lose. Awful, he kind of, awful. He kind of stopped doing it a bit last season because they lost so much. Yeah. But whenever they're doing well and they lose a game, it's never 
justified. It's never no. earned. They never were the worst team. They never deserved to lose. It's always about, oh, this VAR decision, this red card should have happened, this happened, the players weren't this, their players were too this. Shut up. Just say you lost, fair and square. That's the end of is, it. Um, is there a super chat from Sondre there? Sorry, he says we missed his super chat. I don't know if you can see it. Is this one from Sondre? Uh, Sondre uh, says, I genuinely don't see any coach being successful. Uh, we read that one. Oh, we did already. read that. So yes. you've missed us reading that. Sorry, I just saw a, a, a post from him. Um, uh, go on, go on, my, my brother. I think that'll do it for today. Yes, it's not been the most cheery, but thank you for Darren's stories, for giving us a laugh at the end there as well. And thanks yes. to so many people who got involved in not just the super chats, but in the comments as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we find out, I'll find out a bit more about the details about the protest, and we'll give you all a heads up. Um, yeah, and if, if you don't subscribe to us on uh, podcast channels, make sure you do. All of our podcasts are on there. That's Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, wherever you get in your, your your podcast from, we're on there, and they're all on there. So make sure you check that out. Uh, thank you, Jay, for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Difficult, it's about difficult time day today, a wasn't it? Video together, we uh, never do it. It's good though. Enjoyed myself. Thank you to everyone in the comments. Thank you for your super chats as well. I mean, again, thank you to Daniel Storage for, you know, supplying a bit of light entertainment. And I hope <laughs> for you being get, so weird, you get the haircut and egotistical. Deserve. See you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.